0: So we're going to turn to Genesis 29. Genesis 29. Well, I kind of feel like the President of the United States here. <laughs> My fellow Americans, vote <laughs> for me in November or whenever it is. Thank you. Genesis 29, we're going to start reading in verse 16. Just a moment here. Uh, let me just give this little, quick little disclaimer, whatever. If if after the sermon you feel like you've lost an hour of your time that you can never get back, this Saturday when you're turning your clock back, just you'll get it then. So just remember that. Genesis chapter 29. This is a story of... Uh, just give a little background. Most of you know the story fairly well, but uh, Jacob and his brother Esau had a falling out. Jacob fled from his brother because he heard his brother was going to kill him. And these, these were twins, and so I understand how he felt. Uh, there have been some days like that, but I've gotten over most of it. But so he fled for his life, and his, his mother said, Go to my brother's house. So he went to his uncle Laban's house. And uh, to basically get away from his brother's wrath. Well, Laban had a couple daughters. Uh, the oldest was Leah and then Rachel. And uh, as is often the case, when you get a young man and uh, some young ladies together, uh, then romance begins to develop. Uh, we see that at Howes Anderson. And uh, pretty readily. But but Jacob fell in love with Rachel. And uh, we're going to look at that. Let's, let's pick up in... Uh, verse number sixteen, Genesis twenty-nine. And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. Now, I'm not sure exactly what it means when it says she was tender-eyed. Uh, I mean, I, I, I kind of picture her kind of kind of squinting like this. Maybe she might have been cross-eyed. I don't know, or cock-eyed, one this way, one that way, and and uh, or uh, I think Pastor Wilkerson used to say. Uh, her, her eyes were very affectionate, they kept looking at each other, and uh, I don't know. But, but we see here that Leah, Leah was, was not outwardly beautiful, as, as men would count beauty, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. She would, Rachel would be the one that all the guys would flock to. Uh, you know, she was the beauty queen. And uh, Leah, well, we'll just leave it there. Okay, let's continue reading. And Jacob loved Rachel... And said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. Fellas, would you go after that girl if you had to work for seven years? Probably not. And uh, now you would if you loved her. And, uh, well, listen to this statement. Uh, Well, it says, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to thee than I should give her to another man Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel. And notice this little, this is such a sweet statement. And they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had to her. Wow. I mean, that was the real deal right there, I'm telling you. Uh, most of you, if, it, if the wedding's a few days away, it's like forever. But uh, here about seven years, it's just like a few days. Well, as you read the story, and we won't read the entire story, it's a very interesting story to read. But on the wedding day, unbeknownst to Jacob, Laban did the old switcheroo. Okay, and now I'm not sure how they conducted weddings back in those days, but obviously had a veil over their face, uh, which we sometimes do now. Uh, But it was, you know, you could not see very well through that. And so obviously, Jacob thought he had Leah, uh, but he did not. And if you look down in verse 25, the Bible says, and it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. Now, if you could imagine uh, how Jacob must have felt. Uh, I'm not sure exactly the expression on his face, but here's the way I imagine it. Any Andy Griffith fans out here? Okay, do you remember when Ernest T. Bass wanted to marry Charlene? How many are with me here? Can I get an amen? Okay, all right, we, we, we're on your level now, finally. Okay, and... You know, they, you know Charlene and her boyfriend didn't want that to happen, so they had, a, they had a trick where Barney would dress up in a wedding dress with a veil on, and so Ernest T. grabbed what he thought was Charlene's wrist and ran out into the woods, finally got her away from everybody, and, you know, Charlene, my beloved, uh, and he lifted up the veil, and it was Barney. And if you, if you remember how Ernest T. goes, Okay, that's how I picture what Jacob did. When he realized it was Leah. Now, poor Leah. Think about that. I mean, really. I doubt if she, when her dad said, "Okay, you're you're gonna you're gonna put on the wedding dress or whatever, you're gonna put on the band, you're going, "Well, no, no, Dad, no, 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 no." I mean, for seven years she had watched Jacob court Rachel. And she knew that that was boy, there was a lot, there was a lot of love there. And now her dad wants her to go in and take. Rachel's place, and I can imagine, no, 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 dad, oh, no, no, please, dad. Nope, nope, going to do what I say. And so, and then the revealing moment when she realized or he realized that it was not, it was Leah, it was kind of like a double whammy. It wasn't Rachel, and then it was Leah, you know. Ooh. And uh, so I, I doubt if he goes, uh, okay, well, that's okay. I, I don't think he responded like that. I think, why? What? what? You know, he was mad. I, I mean, I mean, he was angry, believing that that traitor—he's behind this—and oh, not Leah. You know, I don't know what all he said, but I, I imagine Leah just sitting there going, "Oh, you know," like she probably felt terrible. I mean, you would think she would have felt just horrible. Um, by the way, um, of course, he ended up giving uh, a Rachel, but he had worked seven more years to get her. But he ended up giving. So he had now he had two wives, and I've often thought. What do, what do the wives call each other? Is it like a wife-in-law or, or a step-wife? I don't, I don't know how they do that back there. Obviously, it's not a good idea, uh, for multiple reasons. But let me ask you a question: Do you think that Leah envied Rachel? Yeah, I mean, you know, Rachel was, you know, had all the attention of the guys all along, and then now she, she, uh, she gets. Uh, the, the man of her dreams, and, and uh, so sure, there was, there was a lot of envy there. But, something began to happen. You know, in the Bible days, women who could not bear children were looked down on. And women who bore many children were exalted. And that was the, the culture in those days. Well, Rachel ended up being barren, and Leo started having children. And uh, let's look in uh, chapter 29... And verse number 31. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, well, that's a pretty strong word there, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord hath looked on my affliction. Notice this is kind of a sad statement here. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Kind of sad, isn't it? And she conceived again and bare a son and said, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he hath therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again and bare a son, and, now, and said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, it was his name called Levi. And she conceived again and bare a son, and she said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah and left bearing. Now, this began to change things right here. But what is interesting, turn over to chapter 30, the next chapter there, look at verse 1. And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, what does it say there? Rachel envied her sister. Wow. What? You mean the girl that had it all? The beauty queen is envious of Leah? Now let's kind of look at, look at the, the, the advantage of each here. Let's, let's look at Rachel. Okay, Rachel was beautiful. Uh, she was the favorite wife, at least at first. Leah had the most children. And later on, you'll find out, it says here, we just read the verse where it says she uh, bare Judah. Well, Judah uh, was part of the lineage of Christ. So Leah was of the lineage of Christ. And then, here's another thing that's, that's interesting to me. If you'll turn over to chapter 49, same chapter, or same book, Genesis 49. This is the end of of Jacob's life. And he's talking about his burial. And the the places where people were buried were very significant. Uh, Some people would travel many, many miles or have their family travel many miles to bury them in a certain place of their choosing. Chapter 49, verse 29. And he was talking to his his family. And he charged them and said unto them, I am to be gathered into my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron, the Hittite. In the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron the Hittite for a possession of a burying place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah's wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah's wife. Notice the next few words. And there I buried Leah. That just strikes me as interesting. Rachel, uh, she was buried uh, as they were traveling. And uh, after childbirth, she died in childbirth. But... Uh, But there he buried Leah. So he requested to be buried there. He could have been, he could have requested to be buried with Rachel. So, just some lessons about the story here. Number one, with almost every positive, there is a corresponding negative and vice versa. With almost every positive, there is a corresponding negative and vice versa. Okay, for example, uh, let's say you have a nice car. How many would like to have a nice car? Okay, everybody would. Everybody wants, especially if you're a guy. There's something about having a nice car, okay? Uh, so, that would be a plus, right? That would be a positive, okay? What would be the negative of that? Well, you got to pay for it. The insurance is going to be more, okay? Uh, if you want to go to Walmart, you can't park in the regular parking spaces because some idiot will ding your door. So, you got to park, you know, like in the back 40, then take an Uber to get to the, to the store and... Uh, and then while you're in the store, you have to go out and look out the window every 15 minutes to see if somebody, idiot, wasn't walking out there with a key here. So, yeah, it's nice to have a nice car, but, man, the worries of that. On the other hand, if you have a beater, you know, it's held together by duct tape and coat hangers, hey, you can get any spot you want to. And if somebody dings the door, hey, it matches the one on the other side. And you don't have to worry at all while you're in Walmart. In fact, you're hoping somebody steals it so you can collect insurance. (laughs) But nobody will because it's a beater. So don't get your hopes up. Uh, Okay, you know, you you look at somebody and, and they have a high position. Man, I wish I had a high position like them. Be in charge of everybody. The responsibility that goes with a position usually is not worth it. You know, they, they're trying to get people in the fast food place. Who wants to be a manager? Oh, you get this much more. Oh, yeah, I'll do it. And then you've got to deal with all the schedules, and if somebody doesn't show up, it's really not worth it for most people. Let's say, okay, good-looking people versus, versus plain-looking people. I've got to be careful here. Okay? If a person is really good-looking, then you know, does the person who likes them like them because of who they really are? because they're good looking on the other hand if you're playing then you know it's true love (laughs) and looking around here I think everybody's secure in that area (laughs) except my wife Genesis 30 looking back at Genesis 30 again in verse number one, and when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, "Give me children, or else I die." Notice this, and Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, and he said, "Am I in God's stead who hath withheld thee from thee the fruit of the womb?" I wonder how often that conversation took place. Probably every time Leah had a, a child, Rachel. Jacob, oh, honey, you know, he the same speech. Probably, this probably happened multiple times here. Number two, the problem is we want the good without the bad. Rachel wanted to be the prettiest and have the most children. But life doesn't work that way. That's not That's not realistic. Job chapter 2, verse 10 says, this is Job speaking to his wife, but he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? You know, life is not all good. Life is not all positive. There are negatives there too. But often, too often, we want we don't want the negative. And, and obviously we don't like the negative, but, but we think that, well, I just, uh, oh, well, this is bad, you know, and, and we get all depressed because one bad, things hap- one bad thing happens and we need to realize that, hey, life is, has good and bad in it. And the, one of the things that makes the good enjoyable is you went through the bad and now it's good. Anybody ever had the flu and, you, and you're throwing up? That's no fun. In fact, that's one of the worst feelings in the world. But you know what one of the best feelings in the world is? After you throw up. <laughs> And that's not going to happen. That good feeling is not going to happen unless you throw up. So let's all try to throw up tonight. No, no, don't do that. (laughs) But if it happens, realize the sun will shine again. And uh, number three, no matter how much good is there, we tend to focus on the one thing that's bad. Boy, isn't that the way we are? You know, Rachel, beautiful Rachel, the favorite wife. Give me children, rest, I die. You know, it was just all on that one thing. She had so many other good things going for her, but the fact that she couldn't have children consumed her life. You know, too often we say things like, man, why do I have to be so this? Or why can't I be like that person? Or if I just had this, you know, then I would be happy, then things would be good. You know, and we do that with others too. We, we we may even do that with a friend or or even with a spouse. Ah, if they would just fill in the blank. If only they would, ah, boy, things would be so much better. But it's so easy just to focus on the bad that we experience. It's easy to focus the bad on somebody else. We look at somebody, and well, they do a lot of good things. They they they're very. Uh, much of a blessing to people, but there's one thing that irritates you about them, and that's all you focus on. I don't like that guy. Really? Why? He's a good guy. Ah, he does this. Well, I mean, that's not that. Oh, no, no, I can't. Uh, that's one of my pet peeves is when people do that, so yeah, they're off my list. Number four, learn to focus on the good and be content. Learn to focus on the good and be content. Rachel said, Give me children or else I die. How did Rachel die? Childbirth. Interesting, isn't it? She got what she had to have, and it killed her. Most of you know I have a twin brother, and when we were growing up, people were always comparing us. And, of course, I was always the best. and I was my mother's favorite of course and, you know all them but but people would always say which one of you can do this the best and it was that way all of our lives um, and i remember when we were growing up i used to envy my brother i would look at the things that he could do better than me which was a small list <laughs> and i would say man, man he's good at that man i'm uh, it's frustrating to me because he was better at that than I was. And I would look at something else that he was good at and better than me. And, ah, oh, man, he's better than me. Ah, he used to bother me all my growing up. I remember when we came to, to college here, House Anderson, we were talking one day, and I don't know how we got on the subject, but I, but I said something like, and I remember you could always do this, and, man, I was always envious of you. He goes, really? He said, I was always envious of you because you could do this better than me and you could do this better than me, and this. And I thought, wow. We both wasted time as young people envying each other. I mean, we should have just been glad we could do this. The things that God gave us, allowed us to do. Philippians 4.11, I'll just read it to you. The Bible says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. You know, as long as we're envying other people and wishing we had something that we don't have and and wanting that other person just to be, fix that one problem that they have, we're we're never going to be content. Uh, Pastor Wilkerson often says, uh, comparison is the enemy of contentment. And it is. When you compare yourself with someone else, uh, you're either going to... Look at them, and you're going to feel like you're better than they are, or you're going to feel inferior to them. But either one of, neither one of those is good. But Paul said he had learned that whatever state he was in, and he was in a lot of different states, and I don't mean states like in America, but conditions. He was in prison. He had been beaten. Uh, he had good times where people gathered around him and hugged him and said, Boy, Paul, you've changed my life. And then there were people that were trying to kill him. But he said, I've learned in all those things, the good things and the bad things, just to be content. And whatever came my way, I just, I learned, I figured it out, that the best thing to do, whatever it was, whatever state it was, I was in, just to be content. Hebrews 13, 5, the Bible says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hey, if you've got God, you've got all you need. But so often... We take that for granted. Oh yeah, I know I've got God. I got saved years ago. Okay, I know God's on my side. But 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 I don't have that. God says, be content with such things as you have. Now, does that mean you can't ask for something? No. Does that mean uh, if, if you're a, a single person, you can't ask God to give you a spouse? No. That, certainly, that's that's well in order. Uh, if if you're a couple and, and you're not ha, don't have children, and you would like to have a child. Certainly, ask God for that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But what God is saying here is don't be miserable until you get it. Don't think that God has given you, has cheated you, and wrecked your life, and ruined everything for you because of, that, because of you not having that. You know, I found out that if you'll just be content with what you have, God may just look at that and say, okay, uh, I think I'm going to give it to him now. I'm not saying that that's always going to happen. But uh, the best thing to always do is just be content with what God's given you. You know, when we're not content with what God's given us, who controls everything in the world? God does. If there's something about maybe the way you look, maybe some circumstance in your life that you have no control over, God allowed that. And as far as the way you look and the way you are, your personality... God made you that way. If you complain about that, you're saying, God, you made a mistake. God, you did did me wrong. God, you cheated me. Lord, you're unfair to me. You did that for them, but you didn't do that for me. Is God unrighteous? No. So when we have a a problem with what has happened in our life or our lot in life, uh, and we're upset about that, The only person to blame for that is us. I've seen people that, uh, I saw a video of a a young girl. Uh, she, She had no hands. One of the happiest people I've ever seen. She drove with her feet. Very interesting how she managed all that, but she did. You know, most of the things that we complain about, we feel like I got a raw deal. There's somebody else that has it worse than that in the same area, and they're as happy as can be. So we all have it a lot better than we think. We just need to realize it. Let's pray.